you ever desire to walk more closely with God? That should be the desire of every Christian. Join us today as Pastor Rander looks at a man that the Bible says had a unique walk with God in this message, Enoch, a man who walked with God. He will be teaching from Genesis chapter number 5, verses 22 through 24. Now let's listen in. Numbers 32, 23. But if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned. Look at that word. Against the Lord. And be sure your mistakes will find you out. Your slips, no. And be sure your what? Sin will find you out. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have what? Sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages. You know what wages are? A payment, payment of what sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. First John chapter one, verses nine and ten says, if we confess our what? Sins. You know, what you, by the way, you know what confess means? It means to agree with God about your sins. It means to say the same thing that God is saying about your sins. That's what the word confess means. If we confess our what? Sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. It's a dangerous thing to make God a liar. And his word is not in us. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 17a, it says all unrighteousness is what? Sin. Not slips or mistakes. First John chapter three, verse eight, a says he who sins, I love is of the devil and people choke on that. He who what sins is of the devil. That's right. You, you're being a hypocrite. You're of the devil. You're a habitual liar. You're of the devil. You're cheating. You're not of God. You're being of the devil. You're being used of him at that moment. You're of the devil. Why you say that? Don't get mad at me. It's in the scripture. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wow. Now, that was all review. So now let's go on now to new insights. Number six, Enoch, Enoch pleased God with his passionate love for God and refused to let anything separate him from God. Enoch pleased God with his passionate love for God and refused to let anything separate him from God. Unlike many Christians today who allow their pride, fleshly desires, anger, bitterness, entertainment, money, greed, Sexual immorality. Many Christians allow those things to get to separate them from God. And you say, well, I'm not in bitterness and I'm not uh, committing sexual immorality. What about your trials? And what about your tribulations and crisis that you're going through or, or that you went through? Did those crises cause you to give up on God or did they strengthen your faith in God? Huh? What did it do? In other words, your crises, your trials, your storms, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of health crisis, financial crisis, marital crisis, parental crisis, and all these other crises I cannot call, you can lose heart in the midst of those crises and allow those crises to separate you from the love of God. Instead of those crises strengthening your faith in God, They distance you from God to your own spiritual detriment. 
Romans chapter 8, verses 35 to 39 says, so wonderfully by Paul, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written for your sake, we are killed all day long. Persecution for the cause of Christ. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, demons, nor powers, nor things present or things to come, nor heights or depth, nor any other created thing, anything created, all those gadgets and technological stuff, any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a powerful, poignant passage. Enoch did not allow anything to separate him from the love of God or stop him from walking with his God. Are you still walking with God or have you stopped? Have you slowed down? What is it? Number seven, Enoch pleased God because he enjoyed close, intimate communion and fellowship with God. Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. 65. Wow. He was a senior citizen then, (laughs) according to our standard. Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. In Genesis 5, 21, it says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Now, in Genesis 5, 22, the scripture says after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. You see that in the text? My friends, can you imagine 300 years? Say 300 years. Say it again. Can you imagine 300 years of walking with the Lord? Wow. Whereas so many today can't even walk with God from Sunday to Sunday. You can't even walk with God from Sunday to Sunday. This man of God walked with God 300 years. And by tonight, you might be in some place you should not be. By tomorrow on the job, you're being a terrible co-worker. Huh? A terrible mother in that home. A a horrible father. By Wednesday, you won't be found nowhere near prayer meeting and Bible study. For those of you who are not working or or not in school, I'm not talking about those of you with special things that you have no control over. But some of you have a struggle of walking with God. Some of you can't come to church from first Sunday to second Sunday to third Sunday without missing second Sunday. And some of you are once a month walkers. Some of you just come on Sunday morning and even then you come late. Do you love God enough that you will give him your tithes and your offerings? I can tell you whether you're walking with God or not. When is the last time you've come to church? Four consecutive Sundays on time. You say, well, I made an A there. Okay. Now, when is the last time you came four consecutive Sundays and you went to Sunday school and you did your lesson in the book of John? Or do you even know what your Sunday school teacher name is? Huh? Now, (laughs) some of y'all think y'all holy and y'all a long way from holiness. You say you walking with God. When is the last time you sat at the Lord's table and you took Holy Communion? 
When is the last time you saw a saint being baptized and you're not just excited when your children are being baptized or your grandchildren, but you're excited when you see other folks' children coming into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ and being baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Some of you have a problem worshiping and serving God from Sunday to Sunday where this man of God walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Three hundred years. Wow. He did not allow, he did not allow the corruption or evil of his day to disrupt or distract from his fellowship with God. However, many Christians today are inconsistent in their walk and have too much of the residue of the world in their lives. Too much sin. You're too tainted. You can't walk with God because you're too wishy-washy. Some of you got your foot in the devil's cap and foot over here and think you're going to heaven anyhow. You're fooling yourself. First John chapter two, verses 15 and 16 says, do not love the world, all the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not in the father, but is of the world. James chapter four, verse four says, adulterers and adulteresses. You see, he didn't, he didn't say live in. He didn't say significant others. He called it for what it is. That's why some of y'all don't want to read the Bible because you don't want to confront the issue of yourself. That's why I love the Bible. It calls me out. James 4.4 says, adulterers and adulteresses. And some of them sit in the house of God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You want to love this world, run with the world, do like the world, act stupid like the world, be a fool like the world, uh, then go to hell. You say, that's cold. That's where you're going. Don't even be sugarcoating you. You're going to hell if you're not living right. Now, when you do wrong and you get convicted by the Holy Ghost and you repent, that's a sign that you're saved. And by the way, I've said it once. I said it again. Listen, don't come to church and wear a choir robe and be in ministry and wear a nice suit and have these big old two-ton Bibles and then go to hell. You don't have to do all that to go to hell. If you're going to go to hell, just go straight. I mean, this is going to hell the hard way. You're going to wear the robe. You're going to work in ministry and serve the kids. And you're going to do all of these things and then go to hell. Why don't you just have it your way and, that's, and just go straight? When you come into the Lord's house on the Lord's day, your heart ought to be fixed. Your mind ought to be made up to live for Jesus with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And nothing will separate you from the love of God. Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct our Maranatha service beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. First John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, who is him? Pronoun for whom? 
Christ. If we say that we have fellowship with him, Christ, and walk, which means live in darkness, huh? we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as Christ, he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Number eight, how did Enoch please God? The lives of many Christians are in spiritual regression, whereas Enoch's life was in continual spiritual progression toward God. Okay? Enoch's life was in spiritual progression, where many Christians today, their lives are in spiritual what? Regression. The lives of many Christians are in spiritual regression, whereas Enoch's life was a continual spiritual progression. Say progression. Moving forward toward God. Enoch was not satisfied with his spiritual present condition. His heart's desire was like the psalmist who said in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, as the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul first for God, for the living God. Not dead gods, the living God. And Jesus is the only true and living God, my friends. My friends, Enoch had a hunger and thirst for God and the kingdom to come. He refused to love the world or the things in it because nothing satisfied him like his God. Nothing satisfied him like his God. Number nine, Enoch pleased God in that he functioned in his God-given assignment as a preacher of righteousness who spoke out against sin. Enoch pleased God in that he what? Functioned in his God-given assignment as a preacher of righteousness who spoke out against sin, corruption, and the ungodly rebellion of his day. Jude tells us that even before the great flood, Enoch prophesied about the second coming of Christ to execute judgment upon the ungodly and their wicked deeds. Every one of you with the Bible, turn to the book of Jude. It's it's easy to find. Just turn to the back of the Bible, and the, the little tiny book is just before uh, the closing book of Revelation. Jude 15, 14 and 15. Jude 14 and 15, you'll find these words. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. My friends, Enoch was a preacher of righteousness. Notice in verse 15. Notice something in verse 15. Leave your Bible open in verse 15. Jude uses the word ungodly how many times? Four times. If you count them, four times. Which means a day of judgment is imminent. For all who are ungodly and refuse to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. Luke 13, 5 says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. My friend, the God who sent judgment the first time by way of the universal flood will come again and judge the world in righteousness. 
This same God who sent the flood that wiped out everybody but Noah and his family is going to destroy the world, judge, and destroy this world again. You say, where is it? I'm glad you ask. In Acts chapter 17, verse 31a, it says, because he, God, has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. Who is that man? The Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 2.38a says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Uh, Matthew 24, 37 through 39 says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them away. So also will the coming of the son of man be. And you know what people are doing? They're going on about their business. Many Christians are so-so saints. Many folk call themselves saints and they're ain'ts because their lives are not reflecting what they're saying with their mouth. You got people eating, fashions, design, beauty, nails, hair, shoes, golf clubs, boats, all that stuff. Not that it's bad. But you go from entertainment to entertainment with no regard for God, only to find out that judgment comes and catches those who are going on with the activities of life, catch them off God. My friend, many preachers today are preaching on anything but righteousness. You got many so-called preachers, they're preaching on everything uh, but righteousness. They focus sermons on love. They focus sermons on joy, peace, positive thinking, self-esteem, self-help, and a prosperity gospel, which cannot convict of sin and leaves the church spiritually anemic, weak, and sinful. That's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 4, 17, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, that will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God. My friends, it is imperative that preachers of the gospel preach Christ-centered messages. That's right. That's why I don't care about your feelings. I care about your soul. And I want to see you come to heaven and be in heaven with me, with Jesus. I want to be proud of the fact that I preach and you got saved and we're all there together. I mean, what grieves my heart is to see people at Maranatha and you're going to hell. And that's a terrible thing. That's why I preach so hard. That's why I sweat when I preach. That's why I don't preach little sermonettes. Sermonettes make little Christianettes. That's why I preach the Bible. I come up here with one book because God only wrote one book, only offered one book. The infallible, inspired, sufficient, sufficient, eternal word of the living God. What should preachers be preaching? We ought to be preaching on creationism in an age of the devil's lie of evolution. We ought to be preaching on the virgin birth. We ought to be preaching on the incarnation. We ought to be preaching on repentance. 
We ought to be preaching on regeneration, the new birth. We ought to be preaching on the blood of Jesus Christ. We ought to be preaching on the sufficiency of Christ. We ought to be preaching on self-denial. We ought to be preaching on the cross. We ought to be preaching on heaven and not just heaven, but we ought to have more sermons on hell. That's why folk are going to hell because there's not enough preaching on hell. And we ought to be preaching on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which brings transformation and revival in the church. If preachers are not committed to preaching the entire canon of scripture, they ain't preaching and need to surrender their license and get out the pulpits. Find it, but not the least. It's not a shouting sermon. It's a listening sermon. Last but not the least, Enoch being taken from this world to heaven without dying validates that there is life beyond this life. Did you, did you get what I said? Enoch was taken, look, he, his fellowship and communion was so sweet with God, he just walked on up to heaven. He was translated and didn't die. But where did he land? In heaven. Enoch being taken from this world to heaven without dying validates that there is life beyond this life. For Hebrews 11.5a says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. And my friends, be it known to you today that the gospel of John chapter 5, verses 20 and 29 is powerfully clear. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave, say all, everybody who's in the grave, will hear his voice. You say, I died, but you don't, you don't understand Jesus' resurrection and life. So when he called, listen, when he called your name, listen, even in death, you say, I'm here. <laughs> listen, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. My friends, when you're not, when you're dead, you are not done. You don't just seek to exist. Talk about annihilation and all that foolishness. You're not done. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And if you die not knowing Christ, you lift up your eyes in hell. You can see, you can feel, you have emotions, you can talk, there's scriptures on all of that. All of that in hell and also in heaven. Your body's in the grave, but your soul spirit is in heaven or hell. Not 15 places. Didn't go park in purgatory somewhere and kind of do some making up and then you go to heaven. No, no. No, no. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. And all of us in here will rise again either to go to heaven and be with Jesus or to hell which is ultimately cast in the lake of fire. My friend, where will your future home be? Where will your future home be? Will it be heaven with the Lord? Or will it be hell and ultimately the lake of fire where you will burn and burn? You will never burn up, given a body that's fit for eternal judgment, dying and never die, out of darkness, misery, uh, eternal life in hell apart from God. Apart from God. There's no partying in hell. Don't let nobody dupe you. Hell is horrible. You think fire is hot now? You ought to check out the fires of hell. There's not an adjective in the, in the vocabulary that can describe 
the heat of hell. And folk are going there by the multitudes while we have the answer in Jesus Christ and don't even share Christ with those with whom we we talk and have interaction with. And all God's children said, let's pray. And Father, I preached up a sweat because I love you so much. Father, this is a wake-up call for those who want to have it their way and God's way. May we have more Enoch's in the, in the house today being determined to live for God in a wicked and perverted generation. This generation is just as bad as Enoch's day. I pray in the name of Jesus those who are under my voice by radio, television, this congregation would come crying out, what must I do to be saved? Lest it be said too late. Father, help us to confess, run to Jesus and say, I repent. I renounce my ways, my attitude, my sins, my waywardness, my rebellion, my wickedness. I want to be like you, the Lord Jesus Christ, in this last evil day where you need Christians to shine forth the light of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say, If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.